You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. We got to see that God called Jonah to go to a place that he didn't want to go. And Jonah did what? He ran away from God. We got to see that Jonah was thrown overboard of the ship in which he was escaping God. And when he was thrown overboard, a fish swallowed him up. We saw that Jonah prayed while he was in the belly of that fish. We saw that the fish vomited Jonah out on dry land because God commanded him to do so. And then last week, Pastor Andrew talked about how we can really just match our passion with God's purpose and we can begin to live the life that God has called us to live. We saw that Jonah did go and he did preach. We saw that Nineveh responded to that preaching and they repented. And then we saw that God relented on his judgment of them. So they were, in essence, saved from the wrath of God because of their repentance. And that brings us to Jonah chapter 4, which is the last chapter of Jonah. And to me, it is one of the most compelling chapters in Jonah because it really shows the heart of man. And as you sit here and you listen to this, I can imagine that some of us would think that, man, I would never, ever, ever be that way. And as you think those thoughts... My hope and prayer is that the Spirit begins to work in our hearts. Because as I was studying for this week, man, God began to reveal some things to me personally that said, hey, I know that you think Jonah was a pretty bad dude because of this, but have you thought about the way that you acted in this situation? Have you thought about the way that you behaved when you were in this circumstance? Have you thought about the things that just run through your mind when certain things are happening. And the Spirit began to convict me because I have been this way. And I just want you to be open to the idea, even if it sounds bizarre to you when we read this, that you could be like Jonah. And I just want us to be open about that this morning. And I think that if we can open ourselves up for some conviction then this morning could be one of those mornings that the Spirit moves crazy in this place. And that hearts are changed. And because hearts are changed, lives are changed. And when we leave this building, we can truly be the church beyond the 52 we talked about. That was really the goal and the prayer of this entire series is that we engage in the mission of God. And that mission is for us to help people engage in the process of knowing God's love, growing in God's love, and showing God's love to the world. To engage in the mission of God is to be the church outside of Sunday morning at quote-unquote church. The mission of God doesn't just happen at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. The mission of God never stops. And it's our responsibility as Christ followers to be engaged in that mission. Everywhere we go, everyone we talk to, every situation we find ourselves in, we are called to be engaged in helping people know who God is 
Helping them grow in that relationship. And then showing His love to the world. That is the mission of God. We'll be in chapter 4, starting in verse 1 this morning. We're going to read the entire chapter. And I know that sounds very scary, but there's only 11 verses. So it's not a lot. So let's read together. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. So what displeased Jonah? We'll go back to last week, and what displeased Jonah was the fact that Nineveh repented, and God relented of his judgment. So here these people are saved, and Jonah is mad about it. Okay, so that's, that's the context here. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And Jonah said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you speak this morning through your spirit. Change hearts, change lives. Help us to truly be who you've called us to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here is the story in a nutshell of chapter 4. Jonah is angry that Nineveh has repented and God has relented. So he goes out to the east of the city. He makes himself a booth and he sits there underneath some shade because he wants to see what's going to become of the city. So he doesn't think that they're going to stay faithful to God. So he's just sitting there waiting for them to mess up so that God could send His wrath against them. But He gets really hot, and the shade's just really not doing it for Him, so God creates a plant. The plant covers Jonah. Jonah is in even more shade. God sends just some comfort to him. And then we see that God sends a worm to do away with the plant. So the plant goes. The shade is gone. God sends a scorching east wind. The wind comes and heat is just all over Jonah to the point of where he is faint. And he is so miserable that he says, hey, it's better for me to die. And he's mad now about the plant being gone. And God says, hey, do you do well to be angry about the plant? 
And in Jonah's selfishness, he says, yes, I'm mad that the plant's gone. And God says, you didn't create the plant. I did. So the plant was there, it was gone. You did nothing to get the plant. You did nothing to grow the plant. You did nothing for the shade at all. I gave it to you, and now you're mad. And Jonah says, yes, I'm mad. He's in a pity party for this plant, for the shade. And God says, shouldn't I have even more pity for 120,000 people who are about to die and go to hell? Shouldn't I have pity on these people who don't even know their left hand from their right? They don't even know how to live life. They've repented and I've shown them forgiveness. That's the story. That's the context of where we are here. But I want us to look at how Jonah, just how his faith seems really superficial throughout this entire book. And I have three really quick points. Number one is superficial relationship produces small results. A superficial relationship produces small results. We see that Jonah prayed twice throughout this book. Once, he was in the belly of the fish. The second time, he was mad at God. These were the two times that Jonah prayed that we can see from Scripture. So he prayed when he was in trouble. He prayed when he was in a trial. He prayed when he was in discomfort in the belly of this huge fish. And then he gets mad at God and he prays again. And my question for you this morning is this. Do you only talk to God when you find yourself in a situation that you don't want to be in? Do you only cry out to God when you're in trouble? Do you only cry out to God when you really need Him to work out some situation because you found yourself in a place that you just you don't want to be in, you can't control, you, you just don't really know the next step? And I'm not telling you that it's bad to cry out to Him in those moments. But if those are the only times that you communicate with your Savior, then your relationship is lacking. And we see that Jonah talked to God when he was in the belly of the fish and then when he was mad. Have you ever been mad at God? Because this is a question that as a pastor, I get a lot. Is it okay to be angry with God? Is it okay to be mad at Him? And that's a very tough question. Because here's, here's the deal. Whether it's okay or not, you're probably still going to feel how you feel. And God's going to know about it. So He's going to know that you're angry with Him, even if you don't want to tell Him. At least Jonah was honest enough to say, hey, I'm mad at you. I didn't want these people to be saved. These are evil people. We talked about that in week one. These people were evil people. These people were just the cruelest you can imagine. And Jonah and, and his his band of people, his group, they were the main targets of this cruelty, and he resented them. And we see in the first few verses of chapter 4 that Jonah says, I know that you're a gracious God. I know that you have mercy. That's why I didn't want to go. Because I knew that you could forgive them. And I don't think they deserve it. And I'm mad at you. 
And God asks a question, and I think this really answers the question, should we be angry at God or not? And God says, do you do well to be angry? Do you do well to be angry? So this is what I want you to know from me, from my heart, and what I understand from Scripture is that it's not okay for us to be mad at God. But it's 100% okay for us to tell Him when we are. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, why is it not okay to be mad at God? And it goes back to the superficial relationship or the intimate relationship that we talk about so often here at Impact Church. Is that if we're truly walking intimately with God, then even when we don't agree with something that's happening, we don't get angry at Him because we trust in His sovereignty. We may not like it. We may think there's a better way. And I'll be the first one to tell you that there are times that I think I have a better way than God. I'm just being honest with you. I don't think I'm better than Him. I don't think I'm greater than Him. But there's some, time, there's some times that things are happening and I'm like, well, I really think it needs to go this way. God, if you need some help, I really think that this is what needs to happen next. And 100% of the time, He reminds me that He doesn't need my help and that He's sovereign, right? He doesn't need me to tell Him what to do next. He just wants me to trust Him and then He wants to use me however He sees fit to use me. And it's the same with you. And that's the difference between a superficial relationship and an intimate relationship. See, what happens is, is as we begin to grow in God's love and we begin to engage in the mission of God even more, then when these things begin to happen in our life, then we begin to trust Him more because we know Him more. Right? Have you ever been in a relationship where the more you got to know someone, the less you trusted them? Anybody ever been there? I've been there. The more I get to know someone, the less I trust that person because we really start to learn their character. We get to see who they really are. We get to see the decisions that they make and we get to see what they've done in the past and we can kind of look at the track record and see, well probably shouldn't trust them with that situation. And this happens a lot at work, right? If there's projects that need to get done, there's certain people that we're going to trust to get this part of the project done. We're probably not going to trust this person to get this done because they're just not good at that because we've gotten to know them and we've gotten to know their strengths and their weaknesses. But I want you to think about God who is almighty. God who is greatness who is all-loving and all-knowing. He's supreme. And the more we get to know Him, the more we realize that about Him. The more we begin to trust everything that He's doing in our life. But if we only have a superficial relationship with Him where we cry out to Him because we know that He's powerful, Right? Jonah knew, man, I know you're a gracious God. I know you're a merciful God. That's why I didn't want to go preach to these people. But he only reached out to God when he was in trouble or when he was mad. 
And this is something I think that we do a lot of times as Christ followers is when we're hurting, and we want to reach out to God because we know God can do something about it. But what about the day-to-day activities that we do? The decisions that we have to make on a daily basis. When we walk into our house from a long day at work and there's 174 kids running around your house and it could just be one, but it feels like 174. And maybe that's a, let's talk to God before I walk through the door because that'll change the way that I respond to the craziness that's inside. And it's not just at home with kids, right? It's at work. Before I walk through these doors at work, maybe I need to talk to God and, and get, get some, some spiritual stuff going on. Maybe I need some inspiration before I go in. Maybe I just need to remember that God is in control and that He's called me to be engaged in the mission. And when I walk into this building, I want to show people God's love while I'm here. I want people to see me and know that there's something different about me. I don't want to get flustered over the same things that they're getting flustered over. I don't want to treat this person bad just because they're aggravating me. Because some people are hard to treat well. Amen? It's hard to treat some people well, if we're going to be honest. I was on staff at a church a a long time ago, and we did a series called How to Love Difficult People. And it was very insightful because there's difficult people all throughout life. And if our relationship with Jesus is just superficial, we're not going to be the Christ followers He's called us to be. We're only going to call out to Him when we need Him. And that's not being engaged in the mission of God. We see that Jonah was mad because people came to know The love of God. Unless we are changed on the inside, right? It's it's an internal thing. One of my favorite worship songs is from the inside out, right? We're changed from the inside. We we get a, a change of heart and that change just overflows out of our life. The problem is we try to have some outside change to produce something inside of us. And that's not how it works. And if that's how it worked, then this shirt wouldn't be so tight on me right now. Right? I have to change something inside of my brain so that I can start doing some things differently so then maybe my belly won't poke out so much. I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. You can tell. There's evidence. Wore the shirt on purpose as an illustration. And I didn't have to iron it. But here's the deal, right? It has to come from within. God changes who we are on the inside. So that how we behave on the outside matches His character. And that's when we become engaged in the mission of God. We allow Him to change who we are, not on the outside, but on the inside. The second point I want us to look at this morning is that God provides the plant and the worm. I want you to see in in Scripture here, we read that God provided a plant to give Jonah comfort, but He also provided a worm to take away the plant. 
And here's what I've realized over my years in ministry is that people, they love serving the God of the plant. But they don't really love serving the God of the worm. And I know that sounds a little funny. You say, God of the plant, God of the worm. Here's what I mean. Is that when God is blessing us with comfort, when God is blessing us with the things that we want in life, it's so easy to say, how great is our God. What an amazing God. What an amazing Savior that we serve. Someone who is blessing me like crazy. But God is not only the God of the plant. He's also the God of the worm. He sent the worm to take away the comfort. He created the raging sea in Jonah chapter 1 that tossed everybody around. Then when Jonah was thrown overboard, God calmed the sea. Then He sent a fish. He commanded the fish. He provided the fish to swallow Jonah. Then He commanded the fish to spit Jonah out. Then He provided forgiveness to Nineveh. Then He provided a plant for comfort. Then He provided a worm to take it away. And this is, this is a topic that a lot of churches don't really like to talk about because they want the God of the plant all the time. But God knows what's best for us. And sometimes the worm is what's best. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, doesn't God want me to live in comfort? Doesn't He want me to have this and to have this? And here's what I know about God is that He wants you to love Him with everything that you are. And He wants you to have a life that is successful, but the world doesn't define that success. The Word of God defines that success. Let's look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, to me, lived a very successful life. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He planted churches. He preached all over the world. A lot of people came to know who Jesus was because of Him. But if you look at the worldly standards of success, He wasn't very successful. He had no money. As far as we know, He was a single guy. He had some physical issues. He was imprisoned a lot. He was beaten. And he had a lot of enemies. But he loved Jesus. And he allowed Jesus to use him in ways that I can't think of, man, I can't imagine being used in the same ways. Can you imagine if Paul had social media, right? And just the reach he would have had. He reached almost the whole world with no computer, no email, no text, no Facebook, no Snapchat, no Instagram, none of that. And his writings, inspired by the Holy Spirit, are still changing people's lives today. 
So I would say Paul was very successful in life because he was engaged in the mission. But sometimes God sends the worm. And how we respond to that really shows whether or not our relationship is superficial or if it's intimate. If you think back to some of the situations in your life, maybe you can see that, man, God provided this plant. He provided the comfort. He provided the the shade. And if you think hard enough, you can see that He also provided a worm in that situation. And maybe it made you mad. Because you expected Him to continuously allow you to have the comfort. And He doesn't just send the worm because He's a mean God, right? He sends the worm because He wants you to grow in your relationship with Him. He wants to show you that, hey, I gave you this comfort and as as soon as I give it to you, I can take it away. Everything is His. Everything belongs to Him. Our relationships belong to Him. Our husbands, our wives, our kids, our friends, those relationships belong to God and we should surrender those to Him. Everything we have materialistically belongs to God. We have it because He's blessed us to have it. Here's the deal. He can take it away anytime He wants to. And that should be okay with us because it's His anyway. But how hard is that for us to live every single day knowing that what we have really belongs to Him? The house that I live in is because of His blessings to me. The truck that I drive, even though my daughter says it's old and raggedy, it's a blessing from Him. And at any time, it could break down. And for real, mine could. And that's okay. Because He's always, He always has a purpose. He's always doing something. He's always working things out. But if our relationship with Him is just superficial, if we only come to church on Sunday, and that's the only time we ever try to have an intimate relationship with Jesus is during worship, during uh, preaching, maybe during tear down at church or whatever it is. If that's the only time that we're interacting with God, then we're missing out on being engaged in the mission. Being a Christ follower is not coming to church on Sunday morning. Being a Christ follower is giving everything that you have back to Him. Because guess what? It's His anyway. But it's so easy. It's so easy to worship the God of the plant. But what do you do when He sends the worm? Do you get angry? Do you stop trusting Him? Do you think He's against you? I want to encourage you this morning, if those are your thoughts, that God is never against you, that He's always for you. 
and that what he's doing is maybe beyond what we could even think or fathom. But because we know him, we can have confidence in the fact that he is supreme and sovereign. And that whatever he's doing is going to work out for his will. According to his purpose. And if we're truly living an intimate relationship with him, then that's what we want. We want to live in his will and in his purpose. The third point that I want us to look at is that Nineveh represents your neighbor. So we see that a superficial relationship produces small results. We see that God is the, He provides not only the plant, but He also provides the worm. And then we see that Nineveh represents your neighbor. Nineveh represents the world. See, Nineveh was, a, again, a, a place that was, was horrible. A cruel place. A place that was broken. A, a place that was hurting. A place that was separated from God. Nineveh's that person that you see when you walk out of your front door and you lock eyes with someone and the Spirit says, hey, you need to go tell them about Jesus. They're Nineveh because they need to hear about Jesus. Nineveh are those people in your office at work that you know don't have a relationship with God. And you're in that place for that moment to share with them his love. See, here's what we have to understand as we close this morning is that life's not all about me and life's not all about you. There's some things that are about me. There's some things that are about you. That's cool. I'm good with that. There's also some things that are about Nineveh. But there's people in our life that we don't, we don't think that they deserve a relationship with Jesus. Or, I want you to hear this, we don't think that they have the capacity to ever change. And you know what that means? That means that we're saying God doesn't have the capacity to change them. Because there's been people in my life that I thought, man, they would never change. They'll never come to know who God is. They care too much about themselves. They care too much about their addiction. They're, they care too much about their sin. They care too much about this world. They'll never, ever, ever love Jesus. And you know what that says? That says that God isn't powerful enough to change them. And maybe we don't think that, but when we can boldly say they'll never come to know God, that means that we're saying God can't do something in their life. And we know for a fact that God can change anyone at any time, no matter what their life looks like, no matter what their past looks like, no matter how they're living in the moment, that God is a powerful God and that He can yank someone from the deepest pits of hell and say, hey, 
I want you to be my child and I can save you. And these people who are so far away from Him come to know who He is. And guess what? That's Nineveh. Nineveh is a world who doesn't know God. And if we're going to be engaged in the mission of God, we are called to go out to Nineveh and to preach. It doesn't mean that you have to stand on a stage. It doesn't mean that you have to give some elaborate presentation. What it means is that you show God's love to a world that desperately needs it. And I know that each person sitting in this room, if you think there's someone in your life that you know needs a relationship with Jesus. God has divinely, He has providentially set you in a place to show them the love of God. I used to always wonder. I used to always complain. We can use that word. I've been told that a little bit this weekend. I used to complain about having, having certain jobs and, and working shift work and doing this. And every time, everywhere I was, there was always, always, always Someone that God allowed me to share the gospel with. And whose life was changed forever. And I'm going to be honest, I hate shift work. I hate it. And I don't really love the job that I used to do. I don't really love the job that I do now. But God puts you places for a reason. And there's people, there's people in my office right now who they're going to be listening to this message because they have subscribed to the Impact Church podcast and they listen to every single message from here. And they wouldn't have known about that podcast if I wasn't in that office. They get to hear about Jesus. God has put me there for a reason. And He's put you where you are for a reason. When your kids end up on a certain baseball team or soccer team or whatever sport it is or whatever activity it is, they're on that team for a reason. Engage in the mission of God. Show His love to the world around you. Because they need it. But guess what it takes? It takes an intimate relationship. Our relationship cannot be superficial. It's time for us, as the church, as God's bride, as, as His body, to say, hey, I'm done with a superficial type of relationship. I'm done just coming to church on Sunday and walking out of the door and that's all my relationship with Jesus consists of. I'm done with that. I'm ready to take my next step. 
I'm ready to be intimate with Him. I'm ready for Him to use me in a way that He's never used me before. I'm ready to be engaged in the mission of God. It's time for the church to step up. We're living in a world that desperately needs Jesus. And if you can't see that around you, then I just don't think you're paying attention. The world around us is hurting and broken. And they feel like they have no hope. But we know that they do. And we can show them that there's hope in Jesus. And I'm begging with you today to stop living a life that is superficial when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. It's time to be engaged in the mission. And then when, when God says the plant, man, we can rejoice and we can say, thank you for the comfort, thank you for the shade. And even when He sends the worm, we can say, thank you for the worm. Thank you that you're, you're growing me. That you're, you're stretching me to a place I never thought I could be stretched. That you're using me in a way that I never thought you could use me. Paul was in jail. He was in shackles. He began to worship anyway. Even after God had sent a worm. He began to worship. Chains began to break and people came to know Jesus because He said, I love you and thank you for the chains. Thank you that I'm in prison because now I get to talk to new people about you. God's always doing something and if we're engaged in the mission, then we can see it. And even if we can't see it clearly, we know that He's working things out like only He can. And we have to go into a world that is cruel and evil. We have neighbors that need Jesus. We have co-workers that need Jesus. We have friends that need Jesus. We have family members that need Jesus. And God is calling you and He's calling me to go into Nineveh and to preach the Gospel. To share the good news of Jesus. To share your story. To show God's love to the world. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine if, if all of us, just, just the people in this room, can you imagine if we could come together and all begin to intimately follow after Jesus together? as a group of Christians, as a group of believers. And we can go into this world and we can truly be the church beyond the 52 Sundays of the year. Can you imagine the impact that we could have if we could stand hand in hand? We could truly be the feet and the hands and the love of God. And then think of all the churches, if the church, every Christ follower in this area, if we could get together 
and say, hey, we don't care about what name's on your church building. We don't care about what denomination you fall under. We don't care about this. We don't care about that. We care about Jesus. And we care about coming together and going out into Nineveh to preach the gospel so that the world can be forever changed and the kingdom can be impacted. Man, how special would that be? But it starts with you. It starts with you individually engaging in the mission of God. So I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning, but I am going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I only have one question. And my question is this. Are you willing and ready to engage in the mission? Not just to say it, are you 100% committed to engaging in the mission of God? To helping people know His love, grow in His love, and show His love to the world. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.